You have just entered The Royal Access, the show for growth-minded game changers seeking God's direction in their relationships and careers. I'm your host, Coral Pinder, and I'm super excited about growing along with you. Now let's dive in to this episode. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Royal Access. It's your girl, Corel, and I am super excited to be with you guys. So this is our last, last episode in the series, Teach the Text. And the title of this episode is, Can You Defend Your Faith? Can You Defend Your Faith? Now, I really hope and pray there are a lot of people who listen to this episode. This is definitely an episode that was that came to me and inspired by the Holy Spirit. All episodes are. But the reason why I say that is sometimes the Holy Spirit gives you a conviction to do something and you're like, okay, sure, I'll do that. Or, okay, I understand. Um, and sometimes you don't feel qualified. So there are things about defending my faith that I may feel like I want you to know I'm not a big theologian. I did not go to seminary. I have not extensively studied apologetics. I'm actually just getting into that. And some of you may be saying to yourself, what is even apologetics? And so I'm going to go into that as well. But I just felt really led and convicted by God to talk on this topic because a lot of topics that we love to talk about that we talk about often is about purpose and relationship and where does God have me to go and what does God have in store for me? But I think the foundation of Bible teaching is something that our generation needs to continually hear because it's the basis of everything that we do. It's, it's, it's our source. And so when God told me um, that I want you to do a series on can you defend your faith? I was actually listening to a podcast on apologetics, which is something that I do want to get more into and understanding because when you make these sacrifices or you go through painful moments, I think sometimes we get overwhelmed or we get lazy or we end up slipping out of the path that God has for us or frustrated or not trusting or understanding the God, the path that God has for us because I think sometimes we're really struggling with our beliefs. Like if I really believe in God, why am I continually going through these hard times? Like, why is life feeling like this? If there's, if God is real. And I, I think sometimes people feel like, like, why would you question that? Like you question it. And so we're going to get deep into it. Um, so before we dive into, can you defend your faith? I want to remind you that dinner with Kings starts this week on Monday. Oh, it's going to be so good. I, I'm so excited for the conversations that we're going to have. The series is Relationships Redefined. As you know, we did a series called Purpose Redefined. And so this series is called Relationships Redefined. I think every night is going to be amazing. I hope you've registered. I'm going to leave a link in the bio to make sure you register, even if you're registering at the last minute. Monday is the first night and you want to check it out. And then the next five weeks of summer, that's going to be our summer series. So even if you come out live, I want to tell you to listen to it again, because there's so many times when you hear things and you're like, oh my gosh, I need to listen to that again. And so if you miss one night, don't worry, it's going to be coming out weekly. And if you've been to that night, but you were like, oh, there was some gems. I just kind of want to stop and listen to those again. You're going to definitely have the opportunity. So make sure, come out to Dinner with Queens. It starts on Monday, which is July 5th. And it's going to be amazing, amazing, amazing. We have Good Men Exist. We have Dating with a Purpose. We have save successful and single <laughs> we have kingdom marriages and finally we have the love between the the war of lust and love so the war between lust and love so that's gonna be great so let's dive into this episode Woo-hoo! so today we're talking about can you defend your faith 
I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you had to defend your faith. And I was once in a situation in grad school, but it was a group of us that did a Bible study together. Um, so it was a lot of us um, defending our faith. Like we weren't looking for an argument. It was just kind of like them coming down on the Christians in the group um, about a certain situation. And they were looking for genuine answers. So sometimes I'm not saying like go out there and be forced in arguments with people, but sometimes you get in conversations where someone really wants to understand why do you believe what you believe? And I got into that kind of conversation with a friend that was starting to be interested in crystals and energies and, and those kinds of things. And, and, and they genuinely wanted to understand why didn't I believe in, in the crystals and the, uh, and the fact that there were, you know, things behind it and it goes back so to, to, to history in certain times and just different things of what they've read and what they've researched and what they believed and what it made me realize as Christians, you know, a lot of us walk around with blind faith. A lot of us walk around with that blind faith of I'm a Christian because my parents was a Christian. I'm a Christian because, you know, I don't want to go to hell. It's like that fair base. Like we operate in Christianity from a lot of us, not everyone, but a lot of us may operate from Christianity from a point of, from a place of fear and not a place of faith. And so the questions of why do you believe in God? Like, like we're so fearful. I saw somebody having a back and forth on Facebook and somebody was like, I'm not going to go there. I'm not trying to get strike by lightning. So we brush it off with humor. Like, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know why I believe what I believe. I don't, I, I just know, I don't want to go to hell. I don't want lightning to strike me. I just know I got the fear of God. So you need to have the fear of God in you, but I can't explain anything of that. So how am I going to draw others to Christ if I don't even know why I believe in God? And can we be confident enough to ask the Holy Spirit to give us the words to say? Like some people may say like, you know, it's not that, you know, you know, I believe in God because I believe in God. Like, believe me alone. Don't, don't ask me any questions. But how can we confidently, you know, have those conversations and dialogues with people who are from other religions or who are atheists? And the sad thing is that a lot more atheists and people of different religions know more about the Bible and read more of the Bible than a lot of us as Christians. A lot of atheists, they know the word of God more than we know the word of God. Because we walk around a lot of us on grandma's prayers, ma's prayers of my mom believes she, that's what she taught me. I don't want to go to hell. So that's what it is. There's a God, you know, there has to be a God. So that's it. I, I don't need to get deep into it. Just know that there's a God. Um, and so some people may say like, you know, they say it's foolish. It's, it's somewhere in the Bible. Like don't ask me to verse, but something that said don't argue with fools. So I'm not about to argue with fools. And so, and for me, in my ignorance, I literally, that's what I ran on for a long time. I'm like, the Bible said, don't, don't argue with a fool and that, that a fool is not going to understand. Um, so you straight up a fool, so I'm name calling. And so the, the next question is, do you have grace and wisdom to hear this person out? Like I told you, one of these conversations I had before where I was asked to engage in a conversation to defend my faith was with somebody I called a friend. So I can't just quote a scripture about, oh, you a fool, so you ain't going to understand the truth of the web. Do you understand the truth? You talk about the truth, but do you understand? Do you understand the truth? So what we are going to dive into this episode, I am not saying that you're about to understand everything about apologetics and you should just like jump on Facebook and start a war after this about, oh, let me tell you about what all I learned in this podcast episode. I, I am telling you, there is much more studying to do. There's much more um, learning to do. There's a lot more growing, but I'm, I'm hoping that this whets your appetite. I'm hoping that this sparks something in your spirit of saying, you know, 
Maybe I should dive a little deeper. Maybe I should understand a little more about apologetics. Maybe I should understand a little more about this relationship with God that I say that I believe in. And I think a lot of times we are living our lives by religion and the law when there's relationship in Jesus that has come in the New Testament. And, and we're just living by the law and we're like breaking the law. Uh, doing, uh, you know, we sit every day and now we're just like, this is just how it is. Like, you know, these are the rules. Sometimes I abide, but I'm a hypocritical um, a person. And then it's just like, that's why people don't want to believe in Christianity. Like you don't be doing the things that you say the law says, but you saying you believe just so you don't go to hell. But instead of really taking the time, we're very lazy uh, because it's going to take a long time for us to move off of things that you know, move off the Netflix and move off the scrolling of social media and the latest gossip of what's happening among your friends. Move off the idle chatter to actually dive deep into this word that I say governs my life, that I say that I live by, that this is the foundation that I, that I, that I move on. So apologetics is the religious discipline of defending religious doctrine. And so basically, in layman terms, it's the way that you defend your faith. It's the way that you are you know, using scripture, using history, using all of the things um, that is stated in the Bible to defend why you believe what you believe. And so for those of people who may say, you know, I just, I don't need to get in that argument. And, and if someone asks me, I'm just going to say, I believe because I believe. And that's what I believe. I always grew up believing that. I, it, it, it feels good to me. And, and we want to, we want to watch out for those words. Like it feels good to me. And so that's what, why it's my truth. Now, again, I'm not saying that you need to go enroll in seminary. I'm not saying you need to become a pastor or a Bible teacher. But I'm saying if you profess Christianity, if you are saying that that God is the head of my life and that he is the one that governs what I do and that the decisions I make, because it doesn't always come up in just general conversation, like defend your faith, girl. It comes up in conversation when it says, why won't you have sex before marriage? Like everybody's doing it. It's not that big of a deal. You're a woman. You are in control of your body. You can do what you want. Just be free, girl. Just be free. You know, it comes up when it says, you know, why won't you engage in certain conversations? Why won't you attach yourself to certain circles? Why are there certain places that you wouldn't go? Why do you live by this certain principle? Why do you go to church every Sunday? Like, what's the point? What's the like, what's the point point? Why, why would you leave a job where you're making tons of money to volunteer? Why would you do anything that culture that is opposing to culture that says, get the money, get the fame, get the notoriety, get the, get the love, quote unquote, get the validation, get the attention. Why would you do anything that's opposite to the culture and media? Like help me understand why you live in your life in this form of sacrifice for what? It's not necessary. Like I do what I want and I'm still living. I do what I want and I'm still having fun. I'm still doing what I got to do. So I don't understand why it got to be that deep for you. It's really not that deep. And so because you're going to have those conversations, you have to be ready for it. So first Peter three, 15 through 16 is what I want to read for you today. That's the scripture we're going to break down. First Peter three, 15 and 16. It says, instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. He's in control. He's Lord of my life. I do and worship what Christ says to do. That's what I do. So instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, like you've been waiting on this for 10 years, girl, just think you're on your run. Do you, do you, boo, you've been waiting for 10 years. Just figure it out. Figure it out on your own. Do you, go and do it. 
So if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, because you're having hope, why do you have all this hope? Just go and do you. Always be ready to explain it. Always be ready to explain it. Always be ready to defend it is another word for explain. Explain, defend, argue. Not argue in a like negative way, but be able to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. So that means that you must personally know why you believe what you believe, even before you have it in conversation. You must know. You must worship Christ as Lord of your life. So if I'm going to worship Christ as Lord of my life, and in my heart, some versions say, in my heart, I should know why I believe that Christ is Lord of my life. And if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, not somebody made a post on Facebook and you want to rant and be in a big debate. That's not what I'm saying. Not that somebody, you know, if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, Carol, why do you believe what you believe? Like, how could you believe in a God who's made you wait all of this time? Why? Always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. This is 1 Peter 3, 15 through 16. So I want to give some context because that's one of the things that when people tear down the Bible, um, one of the things that people don't understand. So there will be people, and we're not going to get into these in this episode, um, but it is something that you should explore and, and learn more about and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to, it to you in the text. But certain people will say, I can't believe the Bible because the Bible talks about slavery. The Bible does not, um, it oppresses women. The Bible has a bunch of contradictions. It was inspired by men. They could be lying. Like, I'm not, I'm not about that. Um, and those are things that people say often when they talk about the Bible. And so one of the things that is necessary for us to do when we are reading a scripture and not cherry picking scriptures out, and I talk about that a lot um, during the series Teach a Text, is having context of who is writing this passage in First Peter? Who is he writing this passage to? What is going on in this season and what is the context for this particular thing? So the context is, that Peter, who is the apostle, he um, believes in the resurrection. Peter, who went with Jesus and now is, you know, preaching the gospel to all of the Christians. So these are Gentile Christians that were in exile. That's who he's preaching to. And they were going through series of suffering. And usually that's when people tell you, turn your back on God. You've been suffering for a while. You've been waiting 40 years. You've been waiting 30 years. You've been through trials. You've been through tribulations. God's not here. God's not real. It's not happening. And so in the context, that's what's happening to them. They're under the reign of Nero and they're being persecuted as Christians. But one of the things about these people is before they came to a life of Christ, they lived a life of emptiness and idolatry. They lived a life of emptiness and idolatry. And I want you to remember that. So what he's trying to do is bring encouragement to them and letting them know that in this life, you may have suffering, but when you have a hope in a risen savior, you are going to heaven. And in heaven, that is where the glory is. That is where you get to be in the land of milk and honey. That is where the peace and joy lies. We are not living for this life here. We are living with eternity in mind. And so he's trying to encourage them to understand that this is the truth for you. This is the truth. So you must worship Christ as Lord of your life in your heart. Understand that this is the truth. And while you are being persecuted, while you are in this hard time, just know that it, this is the truth. The truth is Christ has risen from the dead and he is your savior. And so you may be saying to yourself, wow, girl, like that's, that's great. That's great. That's great that Peter was telling them that. But how do you know? How do you believe? Like, why do you believe? Corel? why do you believe? The person who's not sitting there looking at Peter, who saw the resurrection, who walked with Jesus, saw Jesus crucified and encountered the resurrection of Jesus Christ, 
And now he's encouraging these Christians to know this, but you're not in that time. You're not in that season of encouragement. You're going through a suffering. It's a different kind of suffering. So why do you, why do you believe? And so my first question to you, when it says, instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. The first thing that we need to do is we need to sit down and we need to dissect. Why do I believe in God? Why do I believe? Why do I personally believe? So for me, I want to share some things with you. So for me, one of the reasons that I believe in God and one of the things that I was watching while I was researching and preparing for this podcast was an episode. It wasn't an episode, but it was something on YouTube where it says that Christians debated with an atheist and in a classroom. And so this class was on apologetics. So like I said, apologetics is a religious discipline of defending religious doctrine. So there's a class that they teach. Um, I think it was in university and there are different universities that teach apologetics. And these uh, students uh, were learning about apologetics. So they had very, very great questions and very good back and forth towards the atheist who was explaining. And, and in reality, he wasn't an atheist, but he is also a professor and he studies and talks about apologetics. And so therefore, these kind of conversations are conversations he always has. And so just listening to that, I'm just going to be straight up real with you guys. I was like, I don't even know these things that these people are talking about. Like, I, I don't, Josephus, they were talking about um, so many things. The I don't even want to say all because I may mess up the words. I may say it incorrectly. But let's just say that we're very well versed in apologetics, very well versed in apologetics. But some of the questions they ask are, are rooted in why I believe what I believe. And so on those questions, I was like, yes, like, I don't know the history of that. I don't know the history of that. But I do, I do have a question about purpose. I do have a question about morality and I do have a question about creation. So like I said, um, I think I'm going to put that video in the show notes. There's a lot of studying we have to do. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not a theologian. I'm not uh, apologetics. Like I am just getting into understanding apologetics and, and the importance of it. And the reason why I think it's so great of defending your faith before I go into my reasons of why I believe what I believe is because we may be led to believe in a Christianity that is very selfish. And let me tell you what I mean by that. So if we are only drawn to understanding and comprehending things that affect me in my personal life, like I want to hear about purpose because I want to know my purpose. I want to hear about relationships because I want to know about my relationship and my husband and my family. And all of these are great teachings and great lessons and things we have to learn. And I'm not saying clearly we're doing a series next week on relationships redefined. So clearly these are topics that I still think are very important. But what I think is we place so much importance on prosperity, purpose, relationships, all of these things that feed a selfish desire at times. When, as I said in the while I'm waiting episode, that those are tools that God could choose to use. He could choose to use a platform or not. He could choose to use a career or not. He could choose to use marriage or not. He could choose to use parenting or not. But we want to learn about those things, but we not, there are not a lot of us who want to learn about defending our faith when we are on earth to bring others to Christ. So how am I going to bring more people to Christ if I don't even understand why I believe what I believe? How am I going to bring more people to Christ when someone genuinely asks me, where is this hope coming from? Why do I live a life that seems so sacrificial? 
and I can't explain it. I can't explain it, you know, because our, what we say may be very palatable to somebody who also has that same foundation of, I grew up in, I grew up in, in church and being from the Bahamas, I feel like a lot of us didn't have to defend our faith. It's just, you just, you just believe, like you just, we just believe, like, I don't, I don't need to explain why I believe, like how many people do engage in that kind of conversation. And the first time you get it is probably when you go to university. So if you've never been exposed in that realm of going to university, some people go to a Christian university. So when I go to a university and I'm in a philosophy class for the first time, I'm just like, this professor's stupid. I think I'm going to put philosophy class when I first went to school and I, uh, Loki, I feel like I, I think I dropped it. I don't, I don't even think I finished it because I was like, no, bro, you trying to question what I believe and I do not have any foundation to defend this. I'm about to get out of here. You're not about to make me an atheist in my first year of university. I'm out. I'm out. I'm about to get out. I'm about to go. You're not about to make it, make me an atheist in my first year of uh, university. We're not going to, that's what, what we're not going to do is that. That's what we're not going to do. And so when first Peter 3, 15 and 16 says, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. You must know why. You must know your motivation of why you are worshiping. Why is he Lord of your life in your heart? And so, like I said, in that debate with the students and the atheists, who's not really an atheist, there were some things that the people brought up. Like I said, a lot of the terms, a lot of the history, a lot of the scientific stuff that some of the students asked, I was like, whoo, right over Corral's head. I'm just going to be completely authentic. I'm like, I got to read. I got to do. I am so lost when it comes to defending my faith and apologetics and the religious stuff. But there were three, there were three, I would have to definitely say that there were three things or questions that people brought up that I identified with. And I was able to say, I can get behind that. Yeah, like, where do you, where do you, how do you, how do you assess that? So somebody asked, where do you find purpose and meaning from in life if you do not believe in God? And I can't remember what the atheist answer was, but I was not convinced. I was like, no, sorry, you do not convince me on that. For me, so number one for me is why am I on earth? What on earth? There's a book called The Purpose Driven Life um, by Rick Warren. It says, what on earth am I here for? Why am I on earth if God did not place me on earth to bring him glory? Like, why does it matter? Why does it matter what I do? If, if, I'm, if I'm affecting change, if I am helping others to grow just to die, what? <laughs> What's the point? What's the, <clears throat> okay, so I'm helping you to grow and then we can just say it. Like what, what who we have for? Like what, why, why are we even here? Like, what does it even make sense? Why does it matter if I die today or I die tomorrow? I'm going to die. Why does it matter if, if I affect change? Why does, because it, it, it has no bearing. It has no bearing on the existence after this, if I do that. So what's the purpose? What's the purpose of me being here? It's not to make a bunch of money because I can make a bunch of money. And then what? I can make a bunch of money and be like some people who just commit suicide. Like, what's the point? To have a platform and fame, and then I die. And then I'm remembered on the earth for some generations, and then it's like the other generations that come behind me, then why? So if what I do on this earth, it just happens here, and then after that life is over, why is there so many emotions attached to life and death? Why is it so magnificent when a child is born? Why is it so magnificent when someone dies? Why is there so much pain, so much agony? What, what, what's the purpose? Why? Why does it matter? Why does it matter? 
Why are we here? And so for me, my existence, my purpose, and we talked about it in Purpose Redefined, my purpose on earth is to bring glory to God. And so that more people, we entered this world in this world where we were just supposed to be in existence and living la-di-la, Adam and Eve sin, and then boom, we're in the earth with sin. We were given free will and free choice. And so God is has us on earth and we are telling others about his love and his grace. And then he, we will, we will be meet him in the heavens, in the, in the heavens, we will be taken from this earth and live in eternity with Christ. And so we are living with the goal of telling others about Christ, with the goal of having as many people to experience that love and that peace and joy, telling as many people of, I know you have free will. I know you have free choice. And I know you want to be like Adam and just choose that fruit and be like Eve. But what I'm telling you is to trust a better plan for your life. Not only because it's going to bring blessings on this earth and the blessings on this earth may not look always the way that you thought they would look, but because you get to live in eternity, that's magnificent with our risen savior, with Christ who created us. And so the purpose of being on earth has meaning. There's life after that. There's meaning. So some of you may say, well, other religions believe there's life after that. Other religions believe you come back as an animal, you come back as a butterfly. Not so much for me. I don't believe. And as people say, I live from a place of faith. And so faith is the substance of things not seen. And so do I, in my physical realm, do I see heaven right now? No, but I have an understanding of that truth. And that's the truth that I believe. You can't see someone coming back in a butterfly. You can't prove that. You can't prove them coming back in a butterfly. And so that's why for me, one of the reasons is because of purpose. One. One of the reasons is purpose. The next one is moral compass. Where do you get your morality from? Morality. If morality isn't set by God and by Christ, then I'm depending. One of the answers that he said was, you know, societies and governments set what is right and what is wrong. And so if societies and governments set what is right and what is wrong, why am I trusting another human being that is just like me to make decisions on what should be done and what shouldn't be done? Why, why do I trust you more than I trust me? If I'm going to trust anything, I'm going to trust something that is more powerful than me, something that created me. And, and it goes back to purpose too. I trust the creator that created me. I trust the creator that created me because I could not create myself. And so I don't trust what you have come up in your mind about evolution. I did not come from this, created this, and this, transformed into this. No, I'm too complex. There's too much complexity that's a part of the human brain and what the human body can do. There's too much. And so when it comes to morality, my, I am not going to choose. I, I, I live my life about, you know, how do you know what's right and what's wrong? I, I, I govern my life by the word of God, by the word of God, by what God says that I should do. That's how I govern my life. That's the rules that I live by. And so culture and society and government, they change. They change. And sometimes people say, well, there's certain rules in the Bible that I don't go by and certain things. And we're not here to debate every rule and every, you know, there were times my mom grew up in a church where she couldn't wear pants, she couldn't wear jewelry, she couldn't wear, you know, there are certain churches where you can't wear something on your head. And so there's all different things, but we have to realize that there are certain contexts for certain things and then there are certain traditions of certain cultures. And so sometimes people are passing down cultures and passing down traditions and passing down certain things in certain times of women can't speak in the church. And so therefore, girl, you shouldn't even have this podcast. And so, you know, it's all these different things that, you know, people don't understand and they're not realizing that in that context and in that particular time, the women were not educated on the word of God. So if you're not educated, then you cannot 
you know, we can teach on it. And so if you have not done any studying on it. And so therefore, it's the understanding of the word of God. And that is how I live by morality, not on human brains or definitions of societies or governments who make that decision. And so that's another reason I believe what I believe, because where does your moral compass come from? I don't, I don't want this government in your head. I don't want to come from a government and society. Governments tend to be corrupt. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I rather live by the Bible. So some people may say other religions live by the Bible too. So the other thing is creation. Creation. The complexity and fine tuning. There has to be a higher being. I am sorry. Have you seen a waterfall? I am sorry. I am sorry. Have you ever been to Luther with the glass bottom bridge? At glass bottom window? Do you, have you ever seen that one side is very calm and one side is very rough? Have you ever seen or climbed a mountain? I'm sorry. I am sorry. The complexity of earth. Have you seen it? Mm-mm. No, fam. No, fam. No, fam. I went to Greece. And when you go to Greece, there are so many different historic sites that point back to certain things that happened in the Bible, like Paul's prison and where they preached from and where they were stoned and they have kept these um I think there was even a statue that we saw of Nero during that time I think that's when I learned more about Nero the Nero Nero is the king that was um prosecuting our you know persecuting the Christians at the time of Peter who Peter is talking to and so therefore just even evidence of that is it shows that there are things that happened in the Bible that prove that the Bible is real that the Bible was not just um, something that just came up in somebody's mind, but there's proof. So there's creation, just the complexity and fine tuning of creation, but also there is evidence within the earth that proves the things that happened in the Bible during that time. That's number three. So first one is purpose. Second one is morality. Where do you get your moral compass from? It's, I'm sorry, I'm going to be ruled by the Bible, not society or the government. Um, the creation, the complexity of creation. Number four is a personal reason. And I noticed one of the things that was very powerful to me is when someone gave a personal example of how, why they believe and how they've seen their life turn around. Um, he says, I cannot argue a personal experience because I was not there to disprove this personal experience. And so therefore your personal experience is yours. So some people may say, well, you could be lying or you have no proof. But at the end of the day, if you're a genuine person, that's sometimes I would always tell people this. I did prayer live last September and that was one of, we didn't talk about defending your faith, but I think somebody asked a question in essence of that. And I said, you know, if you are not well-versed in apologetics, if you're not well-versed as a Bible teacher or a Bible scholar, and there's, there's not, you do not understand the whole facet of the Bible. You should at least have a personal experience with God that you can go back to and say, you know what? I believe, I, I genuinely believe in God because of this experience. And a lot of times I hear testimonies, TikTok is a great place to go if you curate your feed, um, <laughs> of hearing wisdom and truth um, and experiences from people who are giving their testimonies about how God has changed their life. And so for me, the, the personal experiences, I've searched for validation I've searched for peace and I search for joy in men. I've searched for validation, peace, and joy in a career. I've searched for validation, peace, and joy in a platform, in fame. And I realize 
that peace, joy, validation, and fruits of the spirit can only be given by the Holy Spirit. That's why somebody can have tons of money and still commit suicide. That's why someone can be very famous and still depressed. That's why, because someone can be married and still feel like their life is the most awful thing ever. Because these things that culture and media has tried to convince us are fulfilling, those are for Christ. You were created with that emptiness because God has created you like that way to yearn for him. And so when I would have experiences like wanting my brother not to pass away and him passing away and having an encounter with God to say, I need you, I need you to walk me through this and help me to understand because I'm grieving and in parts blaming myself of there's something that I probably could have done sooner. And Jesus taking me to the scripture and showing me where the scripture says to, to die is to gain, to live is, you know, that, that where Paul says, you know, to live is, is, is great, but to die is a game because I will be with Christ and understanding that it's still a great story when someone has accepted Christ as their savior before they have passed away, because that means that they are in inter- eternity with the father. And so therefore it may not have turned out the way that you wanted. And I've watched God come and meet me in that place and going through grief that can send you a little off mentally, but God didn't allow me to go off mentally. He didn't allow me to get depressed and blame myself for not doing something quote unquote sooner by also giving me a conversation with someone who told me, I looked at all of your flags. And even if you did something sooner, we would still be here at the end of the day and having God show me that verse and showing me that this is, this was his will. And so you must accept it. I've, I've seen myself chasing after a relationship, feverishly chasing after a relationship and crying on my apartment floor when I lived alone and just having chills on that floor and crying in the fetal position of asking God, why isn't he answering my prayer? And just saying, trust me, even in that depth of pain and anguish, he was with me. And so again, I think one of the things that people have to realize is that when I look back over my life, all of the times that I searched for validation and certain things and other things, they didn't give me validation, but you know who was with me in those painful, dark and and, and moments where I didn't kill myself. I didn't go into um, depression. I didn't lose my mind. You know, who grabbed me out of that particular situation? It was Christ. It was Christ. And so many times I can look back on my life and say, these are things I want. These are things I wanted to happen. And I realized that Christ is the one that that, 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 that holds me, that has the love. He's the lover of my soul. And so one is purpose, two is morality, three is creation, four is validation. And five, I believe the truth of the word of God. I believe the truth that is in the word of God. And so as Christians, all of you may say some of those things like morality and purpose and creation can be celebrated by so many other religions. What about the fact that the Christian religion believes in the resurrection of Jesus Christ and that Jesus Christ and, and, and God is three in one. And so what I want to say to you with that is that the, there are several people that witnessed the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There was Peter, there was James, there was seven, there was the women, there was 12. There were several people that witnessed the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And they all testify that this was the truth. What was not, not only amazing is that there's several different people in different parts that are testifying that this is the truth. They not only said this was the truth, they were willing to die for this truth. They were willing to die for this truth. And so the fact that they were, they were all different people, not in the same place and also willing to die for this truth tells me that the crucifixion is real. And, and, and another thing, when you read Genesis of, of understanding that God, when you read the old Testament, the law of Genesis, one of the things that says in Genesis one and 26, then God said, let us 
make man in our image according to our likeness. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. So why do you believe in the Trinity? Why do you believe in Jesus Christ? Why do you believe that, that this is God's son that was sent to the earth and resurrected and went back to heaven? Because in the beginning, God said, let us, Genesis 1 and 26, let us, let God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And there's several other scriptures that also prove that the Trinity exists. And so I was listening to a sermon where I heard a guy break it down so good. He said, God is one in being, three in person. One in being, three in person. So what is a being? A being is what I am. A person is who I am. A being is what I am. A person is who I am. One in being, God, what is, so God is one in being. God is one being, what I am. So Pharrell is a human being. God is our father, omnipotent. He's the ruler. He is a Lord of our life. So he is one being, he's Lord, he is ruler, but he is three in person. So he's three people who are in person. So three in person, so ruler, Lord of my life, Allah, Yahweh, he is a being, but three in person. Who am I? Person is who am I? I am Pharrell Pender, so I'm a human being. So you're a human being, whoever's listening, whoever, Joe Blow, Jane Doe, John Smith, all of you are human beings, but we're all different persons, Corral Pinder. So he, one being, Yahweh, Allah, Lord of my life, three in person, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, and God. One in being, three in person. And so I believe in the Trinity. So that is the truth that I believe of the word of God. Like I said, Genesis 1 and 26. So for you who've been listening to this and you're like, oh my God, this is like a crash course in defending my faith. And there's so many other questions that so many people have. It's true. It's true. This is, this is, this is not just like your pop stop. This is to get your, your, your mouth wet. This is to understand and explain the reasons why I believe in Christ. This is to encourage you. So if you're like, my, my appetite is wet and, and I need encouragement. There's more that I need to do. Let's go to the explained part of the verse. Let's go to the explained part. So that part was about the fact, and this part is really quick. That part was you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. But the most important thing is you must know in your heart. If you never have to encounter a conversation of defending your faith, you must know in your heart. And so those are things that you can say. Those are things that you can explain. And these are true for you, the ones that I said. And if someone asks about Jehovah's a believer, always be ready to explain it. But if you, like we said, this isn't all on apologetics. And so there may be more questions that people do have about slavery, about, you know, the fact that women were oppressed and all of those things, you know, what shall we in the verse? What verse are we talking about? How is the context for this? They may, they may want to know. And so for me, what I want to tell you is I want to give you three resources and they're going to be in your show notes, but three resources, read the Bible and go through Bible studies, read the Bible and go through Bible studies, get a study Bible. I have, she reads truth study Bible. And in the, she reads truth study Bible, they tell you before you get into that particular chapter, who wrote this chapter? Who were they talking to? Why were they talking to them? What is the context? So number one is under resources, read the Bible and get a study Bible. She reads truth and it tells you all of that. It tells you who's speaking, who are they speaking to, and what they're trying to teach you. The second one is study apologetics. Study apologetics. That is easy through YouTube. Sean McDowell, that was the one that I was having a conversation with the students that I thought was so great. And Preston Perry, the husband of Jackie Hill Perry, was the one that I first listened to uh, a teaching on apologetics by. And so after hearing Preston talk about apologetics and he explains it so well, and he also talks about this verse that I'm talking about today was this first Peter 3, 15 through 16. 
Preston Perry is really good, but also Sean McDowell. They study, study apologetics and learn more about it. So you are better equipped to defend your faith. Number three is find a local Bible teaching church that focuses on discipleship. The reason why I say find a local Bible teaching church that focuses on discipleship is because of the fact that we can watch sermons online and on YouTube and listen to podcasts all day. But if you do not have someone to dialogue with, then they can't understand what your particular journey is about and what's going on with you. And so the three is read the Bible, get a study Bible. She Reads Truth is an excellent one. Study apologetics. You can YouTube the videos. Sean McDowell, Preston Perry are very good recommendations. Find a local Bible study, Bible teaching church in whatever local area you're in. And that just may mean visiting different local churches and praying about God. You know, where can I learn? Where can I find a foundation and a community of people that I can interact with and grow with? So the final thing that the verse said was to, to be graceful, to be graceful. The final thing it said is be gentle in a respectful way. And so my, my final point to you is when you have these conversations, always feel like someone's a friend, because one of the things that happens is that we're so offended. And the reason we get, the reason that we're so offended by this particular thing and, and aren't able to offer grace is because someone's about to call us out on the fact that I can't really defend my faith. I don't really know why I believe what I believe. And so I don't want you questioning me. So I, I get, I get tense. Okay. I get tense. And, and there's a, there's a scripture in the verse that John 13 and 35 by this, everyone will know you are my disciples if you love one another. So if I am not giving you grace, if I'm not being gentle with you, if I'm not being able to explore a loving relationship with you, when I have a conversation about my faith, then I'm not doing what Christ has called me to do. And so therefore I'm a hypocrite in your eyes and I'm supposed to be defending this faith. And so I just want to remind you, why do you believe what you believe? Be able to explain it and be graceful and loving when you do it. The question again, can you defend your faith? Because 1 Peter 3, 15 through 16 says, instead, you must worship Christ as the Lord of your life. And if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I really enjoyed studying and preparing for this episode for you. I would definitely say that I had to study and prepare for this episode more than I've studied and prepared for any episode before. But I do believe it's because God wants to take me into a higher level through him and, and just continue to use me. Like I said, there's nothing wrong with listening to different um, sermons or podcasts or teachings that talk about things that are directly related to your personal journey as a Christian. But I think the main thing that we need to get on before we even get to those is our foundation, our foundation of our belief. The foundation of our belief is what's going to guide every decision that I make. It's going to get this, it's going to guide the career I choose. It's going to guide the person I marry. It's going to guide how I parent my children. It's going to guide what church I go to. The foundation of my faith and what I believe guides everything that I do. So defending my faith and understanding my faith is one of the most important things that I can do as a Christian. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I hope that we will see you this week at dinner with the kids. It's going to be off the chain. It's going to be litty. So make sure to be there. Thank you so much for checking this episode out. Make sure to hit us up in the Royal Access. It's been a joy kicking it with you guys. Thank you for listening to the Royal Access Podcast. Be sure to learn more about how to connect with us in the show notes below. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with a friend. We would also love for you to consider leaving a rating or a review. Until next time, I'm Corel Pinder, your truth-telling accountability partner.